You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, family. Thank you so much for all you guys who have tuned in uh, this morning. My name is Casey. I'm part of the Amazing Marriage Ministry, and I have the opportunity to share God's word with you this morning. You know, um, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Reese, for giving me this opportunity to uh, share God's word, to do something that I really enjoy doing. You know, it's really sharing God's word, sharing what God has put on my heart. You know, and this morning, this morning, we're going to be talking about Jesus restored a demon possessed man. And we're going to be looking at in the book of Mark, chapter five, verse one through 20. You know, and why? Why do I why did I decide to talk about this? You know, when I was asked to to preach or to share um, today, I was this morning, I was kind of reading through the Gospels. I was having great quiet times, you know, reading all, all the Gospels. And this was kind of fresh, fresh on my heart, fresh on my mind. So when I was asked to speak, I was like, oh, why not share about this? You know, and I've been learning a lot, you know, through through the Gospels and just been learning a lot of great and incredible things. So I hope you are encouraged. Thank you again for joining. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into it. Now, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for giving me this opportunity to present God's word to you. God, I pray that the message is fulfilling, that it cuts deep in our hearts, God, it produces change, God, and we see the love that you have for us, God, that we see that you will go through great lengths for us, God, and that we are representation of your grace. So, God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Allow the Holy Spirit to move through me powerfully, re- put, remove myself aside and, and allow the Holy Spirit to work. And I pray that you hear this message with, with great eagerness and, and, and understand that the love of God uh, is for everyone. It's not just for this person or that person, but it's for everyone. Thank you so much for this time. In Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. You know, so this morning we're going to be in, in the chapter, um, I'm sorry, in the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, they went to across the lake to the region of Gerashim. You know, I want to stop right there to kind of give a little bit of backstory of what's happening before Jesus and his disciples got to, to this lake, I mean, to this region of Gerashim. You know, Jesus... As we read in the previous chapter, as you know, in the previous chapter in Mark, you know, he was preaching, he was teaching, and many people was following him. You know, so many people that followed Jesus and was and, and wanted to see who Jesus was that he had to literally stand in a boat because it was so crowded. You know, and then after he did that, after he finished doing that, the Bible says, then even it came and then he told his disciples to come with them to the other side. And that's where we we hear the story about the storm. And I I preached about the storm a couple of weeks ago. And one thing that I really got of that is that Jesus uh, can calm the storms in our lives. And as we understand what happened during this journey before they got to the region of Gerashim, you know, this big swirl came, this this big storm came and Jesus was in the, was sleeping, you know, in the book of Mark, I always laugh when I read this, Mark shows that Jesus was sleeping on a cushion, you know, and in the other gospels in Matthew and in um, Luke, it doesn't really say that Jesus was on a, on a cushion, but 
in the book of Mark, I, I, you know, Mark probably thought it was important that we knew how comfortable Jesus was. You know, so we understand this big storm came and the disciples started panicking. And what did they do? They woke Jesus up. And Jesus, you know, he calmed the storm, right? The Bible says that he rebuked the storm. He calmed the winds and the waves. And he asked his disciple, he asked the disciple, where is your faith? You know, Jesus calms the storm in our lives. And we saw a display of his power over nature, you know, his, his power over, over the storms, over the winds, over the waves. And it just shows how much power he, we will have, he will have in our lives. So we're going to pick up now when they got to their destination, which is the region of Gerashim. And we'll continue reading in verse two. And it reads, when Jesus got out of, got out of the boat, a man with a pure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the iron on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day amongst the tomb and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. You know, the story, now we see what's happening. Jesus gets off, gets to his destination. He gets off the boat and then he's meet with this this demon-possessed man, you know, and we kind of get a little bit of, of, of what's happening here to this man. It said that he lived in the tombs, right? It said that people tried to bind him, so we understand that, you know, they were trying to control him. They were trying to contain him, chain him, but he was so strong that he broke through that, you know, because of the demons that he had in him, you know, and he goes to Jesus, and we're going to read more about what happens. Read about this conversation that Jesus has with this demon in verse six. It reads, when Jesus saw, I'm sorry, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran, fell on his feet. I mean, fell on his knees in front of him and shouted to the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, do not torture me. For Jesus has said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. You know, every time I hear this and I read that part, I kind of get get chills a little bit, you know, because this is not just an ordinary man possessed. This is a man possessed by multiple, by many demons, you know. And I and I, lo- I love how Jesus approached this situation. You know, he gets straight to the point. He says, he says, uh, he said, come out of this man. You know, he didn't talk. He didn't say anything else. But he told the, the demons to come out of this man. And Jesus just goes straight to the point. And he asks him this simple question. He goes, what is your name? And we, we hear that. He said, I am a legion. Before we are many. And we and a legion really means like if you think about a Roman army, a legion is about 3,000 to 6,000 soldiers. So that's a lot. You know, this is not an ordinary man that's possessed by one or two demons. We're talking about a lot of demons, you know, so we're going to keep reading, you know, we're going to break this down a little bit and then I'm going to close out with, with two thoughts, you know, and uh, we're going to continue reading verse chapter 10 and it says, and he began, he begged Jesus again and again, not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding in the nearby, nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs and allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in numbers, rushed down to the steep bank into the lake where, where they drowned. Verse 14. 
Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what, what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon possessed man and told about the pigs. Then the people began to plead with Jesus, please leave their region. You know, a lot's happened here. Now the story started to unfold a little bit. This demon, you know, he, he runs up to Jesus. He begs Jesus to send him out of the area. You know, he, he begs Jesus to send him amongst the pigs. Jesus allows him to do that. Jesus gives him permission, sends him into the pigs. People probably heard the commotion, ran up, see what's happening. And notice, number one, this man that was possessed, this man that they couldn't control, is now in his, the Bible says, in his right state of mind and dressed. And not to mention that their pigs was gone, you know, and they, and they heard that commotion. And I'm thinking like, oh, they probably was like, wait, what happened to all our pigs? You know, 2,000 of pigs is a lot and it's all gone. It's not like it was just 100 or, or 50 or something like that, but 2,000 pigs, kind of like they're kind of their livestock, you know, they're, um, how they make money or trade or, or food, you know, and, and all this is gone. All that is gone. And we're going to keep reading. And this is kind of my favorite part, how, how it ends here in the, in this, uh, in the scriptures. In verse 18, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with them. And Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell, began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus has done for him. And all the people uh, was amazed. You know, this man, you know, demon possessed. God came, restored him back to his normal self, restored him into the image that God wanted him to be. And he was grateful. He understood God's love, God's mercy. And the one thing that he wanted to do was to go with Jesus, to be with Jesus. But Jesus told, tells him, no, he tells him, go, go share with your people what I've done for you. Go share with them. And guess what he did? He did that. He responded by going and sharing. And, and it said that the people who heard this was amazed. You know, and I, I just love this story because it didn't kind of, it didn't start off with like Jesus having this back and forth battle with, with these demons. You know, Jesus had power over these demons. I mean, they recognized Jesus by his name. You know, they said, son of the most high God. You know, talk about respect that, that not a legion of demons knew who Jesus was and had, and, and called him by his rightful name, the son of God. And Jesus didn't have this back and forth. He just commanded these demons out of this man, restored this man back to, to, to in his right state of mind. And, and he was dressed, you know, his, his clothes was probably tore off, torn off. And, but he's fully dressed. He's back in his right state of mind. And it ends with this man going and sharing about the greatness that God has done for him. Amazing story. And with that, I would like to touch on two, two thoughts that I had. Number one, you know, Jesus will go through great lengths for you. He'll go through great lengths for us. And secondly, we are representation of God's 
grace. You know, and I'm going to explain why real quick. You know, why? What does it mean that Jesus will go through great lengths for us? You know, has anyone went through great lengths for you? Or what does that even mean to you for someone to go to great lengths for you? I mean, when we think about Jesus, obviously he died for us. I mean, he died for our sins. He died for us. You know, but if you think about someone who probably went through great lengths for you or you going through great lengths for someone, you know, what does that look like? You know, and I and I was kind of thinking about that because when I was reading this story, you know, I was I was touched. You know, I'm like, wow, Jesus done this for this man. You know, and I just started thinking about all the great things that Jesus has done for me. You know, I was also thinking about a a funny story about. You know, it, it wasn't funny at that time, you know, but me and my uncle and my cousins, we we got, you know, my uncle likes to go fishing. You know, we go with him time to time. And this time we we decided to go with him. And, you know, we weren't that far offshore. We we're kind of just chilling. And my cousin was making fun of me because I couldn't swim. And my uncle heard that. And he has a pretty interesting way how to teach people how to swim. You know, he decided that the best way for me to learn is to jump in. You know, and I kind of went back and forth. I'm not doing, I'm not doing. Then he decided that I will help you. I said, the only way I'll jump in is that if you throw me in there. Jokingly, he ended up doing it and ended up throwing me into the, in, into the water. You know, I didn't kick. I didn't scream. I was kind of pumped up. You know, my, my cousin was pumping me up. I was kind of excited. And then as soon as I left the boat, you know, my whole life flashes before me. You know, I'm like, what am I thinking? You know, and I, I get in there and he didn't, I mean, I think he knew what he was doing, right? Cause he didn't throw me like super far. The water wasn't that deep. I could literally go on the water and hit the ground and jump back up or whatnot. But I was panicking. You know, all these different things are going through my mind. I'm drowning for number one, which I wasn't really to that state yet. Uh, but thinking about a shark or whatever, attacking me or whatever the case may be. But my cousin, he decides to jump in with me. And we decided, we kind of scrambled to the boat, got into the boat, you know. And then my uncle's like, asked him, what's wrong with you? You know, you can't even swim either. And I looked at him, I'm like, well, why, why would you jump in there? Because you, you can't even swim, you, you just endangered your life. And he goes, you know, I, I wanted to help you, I, wanted to, I didn't want to see you drown. You know, and I thought about it, I'm like, wow, you know, don't do that again, but thank you. You know, that, that's someone going to great lengths to risk their life to do something that they can't even do. I mean, he couldn't even swim. And he decided to jump in. I thought about that story. I, you know, I laugh about it from time to time whenever I talk about the time where I had to learn to swim. You know, but as we read, excuse me, as we read in Mark chapter five, you know, we kind of see what Jesus has, has done for this man. You know, and I'm going to put things in perspective a little bit to understand. You know, we understand that Jesus went to the region of Gerashim, right? But where is that? You know, we understand that he he came from Galilee, he came from preaching, which was predominantly a Jew, predominantly Jewish. You know, but now in the in the region of Gerasene, you know, it's made up of a large, predominantly region of of um, I'm sorry, predominantly people. People there were Gentiles. You know, and to the Jews, the Gentiles was known as unclean. You know, and Jesus, he goes there, right? He breaks the Jewish law in order to teach the spirit of the law, you know, and that was amazing to me. Why? Because no one is unclean for Jesus to go save. You know, no one is too far for him to go save. No one is beyond loving. No one is beyond healing. No one's beyond reach for Jesus, you know, and that shows me like, wow, Jesus went through great lengths for this guy, you know. One of my favorite scriptures here in Isaiah, 
uh, 59, verse 1. It says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears is too dull to hear. You know, amazing that the Bible says that the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears is too dull to hear. It's amazing. It's, it's, it it, it kind of shows me the love that God has for me, the love that God has for us. But have you ever felt like at a time that you were so far away from God, that you were so far away from Jesus, you know, that it, different things may occur, discouragement, you know, anger, hate, you know, unrepenting sin. You know, the Bible does say that our sin separates us from God. You know, and have you ever felt like you're in a point where it's too late for me? I'm, I, I've done so much. I'm so much in a dark place right now that Jesus can't even reach me. You know, for me, that happened oh, lots of times. And I'm grateful because I'm always reminded about God's love. When I feel like, you know, I haven't confessed my sins, you know, and I have a conscience. If I'm not sharing or confessing, I kind of decide, OK, well, I'm just going to keep quiet. I'm just going to pull myself away slowly. But I'm just grateful for for God using people in my life to call me to a higher standard, to call me uh, to repent, to confess. And I see God's love when he forgives me, when he he lavished his love on me. You know, the amazing part about the story about this demon possessed man is that, you know, we, we read that he was. He was by the tombs. He came out of the tombs. The tombs is where the, the dead people were buried. You know, we read about how he was, he was screaming day and night. He was cutting himself, you know, with stones. Like, wow, this, this guy is really going through it. And the amazing part about it is that I'm sure he probably didn't expect Jesus to come. But Jesus was on his way. You know, he went through this great storm. He went through this cross, this lake. He left so many people and went to this man. And I, and I thought about myself, you know, I'm like, man, there's so much wrong I've done. So much people that I've hurt, so much relationships that I've lost just because of the lies and the deceit that I've, I've cost, you know, and I wouldn't think in a million years that God will call me out of, out of this darkness and, and pick me out of so many people. He decided to pick me and I'm grateful and I'm happy because now I'm here and I'm, I have the opportunity to share God's word. I would never thought I'd be sharing God's word like this, you know, um, and it's, it's incredible, you know, and that encourages me, you know, he transformed my life. He blessed me with amazing friends, you know, he blessed me with, with relationships that, that I've hurt, bridges that I've burned, and he was able to help me to repair those relationships, to build those bridges back with trust, with love, with sacrifice, with respect, you know. Bless me with amazing friends, amazing mentors like Tony Newsome, you know, Reese Keina, Jacob Esperanto, and not even, not even, uh, Robert Carrillo, who, who's been training me. And it's just been great to, uh, to be in, 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 with these guys. And it's only because of God, you know, my beautiful wife, you know, God's blessed me with a beautiful wife who gave me the greatest gift ever, which is my beautiful baby girl, Ariel. Um, you guys probably see her a lot on my social media. I just love that girl to death. Uh, she brings so much joy in my life. And that's because of Jesus. You know, my I have another daughter who's on his way, who's who, who's kind of cooking in the oven right now, so to speak. Araya, who will be making her debut in September. Yes, that's two daughters. So please pray for me, you know, having two girls. But amen. God will work it out because it's only because of God that I'm blessed in that way. You know, here's an encouraging thought. Uh, 
It says, I, I thought about this, you know, Jesus doesn't allow us to drown, but saves us and calls us for his purpose, even when life seems hopeless, overwhelmed, meaningless, and Satan seems to have a foothold on us, and Jesus can use us and transform us into his own faithful servant. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, we all know the scripture in John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy and I have come that they may have life and have it to, excuse me, have it to the full. Amazing. Put beautifully. This was, I mean, it talks about saying, come and kill. He comes to still destroy. But Jesus, you know, he has a different plan. He comes to give us life. And he comes to give us life to the full. You know, there's no, there's no circumstances in your life that can stop Jesus from reaching you. You are not out of reach. And I hope that's encouraging. You know, why? Because Jesus cares when we're hurting. You know, he served so many as we saw in the Gospels, how much people he's serving, uh, how much people he served when he was in Galilee, then come all the way to the region of Gerasene and, and, and helped and served this demon-possessed man. And now we see how much he's doing in our lives today. Baptisms are happening. We're seeing people's lives are being transformed. We're seeing people growing and, and sacrificing and giving. And that's because of God. You know, that's because of the love of Jesus. Why? Because he cares about us. And he wants us to have the, this uh, life of fulfillment, this life of, of him being a part of it, being a part of us. But what can stop us? What can stop us from experiencing that? What can stop us from, um, you know, staying away from Jesus, pushing Jesus away? Sometimes it can be about our past. We can be hurt, you know. So part of our life can be broken. You know, some of us can feel like, you know, I'm broken into a million pieces and not even Jesus can put me back together. You know, I thought about this story, you know, but before I even share the story, you know, I, I heard someone say this that kind of stuck with me. And he said that Jesus is an expert in brokenness, you know, and that kind of stuck with me like, wow, that that is true. You know, God, Jesus, he's an expert in brokenness. You know, I, I lived in seven different households. You know, one of my roommates, you know, he had this mug that kind of, that reminded him of his grandmother. It was given to him as a gift. And, you know, he loves it. Every time he wants a glass of water, he uses that same mug, everything, soda, drinks, uh, water. And when I mean drinks, like, you know, he likes ice water. He likes uh, lemonade or whatever he chooses to put in there. You know, he sticks, sticks with that same glass and he puts it on the t- highest part of the cabinet. And I'm kind of the shortest guy, was the shortest guy in the household at the time. And he's pretty fo- tall, six foot one or six foot two or something like that. And one night, you know, I was trying to get, you know, I put all my stuff up there with them. As, I put all my stuff up there that no one else could reach it but him. And I know he wouldn't touch my stuff, but the only hard thing about it is that I literally had to like climb to get it. So, you know, it was a running joke in the household that I, that they took pictures of me trying to climb to reach the top of the shelf or whatever. And I accidentally hit his glass over and it broke. And I remember struggling, trying to figure out how I'm going to tell him this. And when I told him this, he was kind of sad, but he realized, wow, you know what? I've been working so much. I've been running around. I haven't checked on my grandmother in a long time. I haven't made time for her. And he decided to do that. And because of that glass that broke, it reminded him 
that he needed to spend time with his grandmother. So I was having a conversation with him this morning, and he was just saying, I'm just grateful that that happened because now my grandmother's going through so much health challenges. I'm just grateful that I decided back then, and this was years ago. This was probably about 10 years ago, you know, and and that broken glass reminded him the need of his to be with his grandmother. And that's how it is for us. You know, sometimes when we feel broken, we, we kind of see the need that we have, we need the need that we have for Jesus, you know, and here's a here's a, a picture here, and this 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 little this bowl, right? The Japanese call it kintzuki, uh, you know, and basically it's a Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold, you know, and it's kind of like a metaphor of embracing your flaws and imperfections. But if you look at it, you're like, wow, like that's that's pretty neat. You know, you're probably, when I first saw it, I thought, okay, well, maybe they drew that as a design, but it's actually broken pieces that they use gold. They say sometimes they use silver and different things to kind of put these things back together, and then you see the beauty of it. You know, it's actually broken down into uh, into two words, kent, which means golden, golden, or and su- suji, which means um, joinery or, or repair. So then that those two words come together and it means kent zugi. And it's, it's basically this beautiful, I mean, this broken pieces transform into this beautiful, uh, art, this beautiful, um, object. And that's, that's what God does. You know, he takes what's broken and transform it into something beautiful. You know, and that's what he did for this demon possessed man, you know, and he, he does that for us. You know, he takes us that that when we're broken, he transforms us into something beautiful, you know, and he transformed this man. And, you know, and this which leads to my second thought, you know, that we are representation of God's grace, you know, and God gave this man a direction and he gave this man a purpose, uh, a message. Excuse me. He gave this man a direction and he gave this man a message. You know why? Because when he wanted to go with Jesus. Jesus told him, no, go share, go share what I've done for you. So he gave him the direction to go and the message was to share what God has done. You know, and I thought, man, this must be kind of scary for him, right? Because, you know, this was a man who got shunned by everybody because of him being possessed by a demon. You know, so we don't know how long this has been going on. You know, he must look different. And now he has to go share God's word to the people. But the beautiful thing about the story was that the Bible says that they were amazed. You know, in the New King James Version, it says that they were all marveled, meaning they were filled with wonder with wonder and astonishment. You know, imagine these people who wanted Jesus gone, who act, who pleaded, the Bible said they pleaded with Jesus to leave, decided, I mean, now here's the message from this individual, and now they're filled with wonder and astonishment. You know, Jesus sent this man to do something bigger than himself. You know, he went with a purpose. You know, he went and spread the gospel. He went and spread the message of Jesus to everyone. You know what? Do you feel like God can use you? The things you have done, how you feel, where you're at in life, do you feel like God can use you? And if you do, um, think about this. We have to testify our gratitude, you know, because we think about just the great things that God has done for us, where he got us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Even after becoming a disciple, how so many times we can fall short, so many times that we want to give up and we see God work through us and he works through people for us. 
And now we have the opportunity to kind of share that with others. It's not just a one-time sharing where, oh, yeah, I got baptized 10 years ago and it's been great. But no, share life. Share your life. What, what, what journey you've been on. What, stum- what stumbling blocks may be placed in front of you. You know, what hills you may have to climb. You know, and different, what storms you had to go through. And, and seeing how Jesus helped you in those situations and how he used you and, and called you to his purpose, you know, and that's what he did for this man. You know, this man went and shared what God has done for him, you know. So think about this. You know, what is your purpose? What direction is God sending you? And what is the message that he's giving you to share? You know, if you're not sure, pray about it. You know, ask God to show you. Also, ask people in your life to help you out, to to kind of give you different ideas on on what to do, how to serve in God's kingdom, how to help other people, how to be like Jesus. You know, the the incredible part of the story, you know, ask why was this important for Mark to share this particular story with us? You know, it's because to see the love of Jesus, to see that he you know, there's seven billion people in this world and Jesus decided to save us. And when you look at it on a personal level, it's Jesus decided to save me. And we see how he did that for a bunch of people. Millions of people are turning their lives over to God. And our, our purpose, our direction, you know, our message is, is to go share. You know, the purpose of a life is a, is a, is a purposeful, I'm sorry, the purpose of a life is a, if it is a life of purpose, you know, a quote that I, I came across, you know, and our, our purpose is to spread the gospel, to spread what Jesus has done, because this world is hurting. You know, so many people is hurting, so many people that probably can relate to what this man is going through. And we see what Jesus has done for him. You know, so in closing, I want us to understand if we feel stuck, if we feel lost, anything that that may be keeping us from Jesus. Keep in mind that Jesus is on his way to transform your life before the creation of this world. Like I said, there's nearly, there's nearly 7 billion people in this world. But when you are the one in need, and in, a li- in the need of a life-changing power of Jesus, he will cross to the other side just for you, and he will go through great lengths for you. Why? Because he loves you. Because of the love of Christ. You know, here's an interesting quote that I came across. And it says, love is the most destructive force in the universe. And that's the love of God. You know, um, destructive may sound a little bit aggressive. But at the same time, we understand how powerful God love is. So powerful that it, that even the demons knew who he was. And he even the demons had to ask for permission. You know, and... God used this individual man to change the change people's lives forever. You know, Jesus loves you. And I do hope that this message this morning encourages you and motivates you to be a representation of God. Be a representation of God's love, his grace, his mercy, and be able to share with others. You know what? Guess what? The storm did not stop Jesus from getting to this man, and the storm will not stop him from getting to you. And the only thing that can stop Jesus is ourselves. Thank you so much for this time. I hope you have a great Sunday, and I hope that you're encouraged by God's word, this message. Have an amazing time in fellowship. Thank you. (laughs) 
You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit metrolaregion.com.